Thank you for joining us for the fifth Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference Call of 2012. I am Monique Farmer, and I will be the moderator for today's calls. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Station acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call is as follows. Dr. Dennis Toddy, the South Dakota State Climatologist, We'll talk about the short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlook on behalf of NOAA Climate Prediction Center. We also have Doug Cluck with the NOAA Central Region Climate Services um, out of Kansas City. He is on the call and will not provide an update, but will be available to answer questions related to weather conditions in the basin once we uh, turn it over to question and answer. Kevin Lau with the National Weather Service um, for Missouri River from the Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, we'll talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri Basin this spring. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will provide an update on the core reservoir release schedule. Then we will have levee repair status updates provided by Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team. We will also receive an update on repairs from Robin Wonkum, Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center. Finally, we will move to questions by state. Just a reminder that we will use a forced mute function during this call. To unmute your line during the call, please enter star six. This function does not work on all phones. Please be aware that if this mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. I would now like to do a roll call for this afternoon's speakers, um, but before I get started, I wanted to find out if Colonel Rook was on the line calling in this afternoon. Colonel Rook, if you're on the line, star six. Okay, Dr. Toddy, are you still on the line? Star six to unmute your phone. Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Doug Cluck, are you on the line? Doug uh, Cluck, are you on the line? Star six, come off mute. Yeah, I'm here. Doug Cluck's here. Sorry. I Thanks, was Doug. Okay. Kevin Lau, are you on the line? Hi, Monique. Kevin Lau is here. Thanks, Kevin. And then Robin Wonkum with Kansas City District, are you on the line? Yes, we're on the line here, Monique. Thank you. Just another reminder to press star six when it's your time to talk to come off mute. Um, also, there's a link to our press kit. It includes bios for all of today's speakers and Missouri River Basin information and historical data um, can be found from the link that was in your media advisory. You can also access it from our website. Today, when Dr. Dennis Toddy provides his brief, he will begin with information that starts on page 19 of your press kit. So if you want to follow along as he reports, it, that's where that information can be found. We will begin with Dr. Dennis Toddy, South Dakota State Climatologist. He will provide a short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlook forecast. Dr. Toddy? Star six to come off mute. Dr. Toddy, we can't hear you. You have to press star six to come off mute. Yes, I'm here now. Okay, thank you. Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, a fairly warm afternoon to most of the people in the lower part of the basin. Um, that is having the impact of, of taking care of a good chunk of probably what is left of the storm last week uh, across the eastern part of the basin uh, where there were some significant snowfall amounts. Uh, and that kind of give us a, gives us preface to the overall uh, situation within the basin. Uh, in the plains area, there is some snowpack, uh, not not a ton, but a bit of a snowpack left from a couple systems, one last week and some before that, where there are still several inches of snow in the eastern Dakotas. Um, though much of the impact of those is going to go into the Missouri River 
well, some into the Red River and some into the Missouri River, but downstream of the uh, downstream of Gavin's Point, coming through the James and Big Sioux Rivers. Also, Kevin Lau, I'm sure, is going to address this. Um, because of the dry soil conditions, uh, we appear not to be having a major impact on, on stream flows because of the current conditions. Um, just a, a couple overall points also. We're continuing very warm conditions within the basin throughout the whole region. Um, La Nina conditions are fading, so the impact of La Nina is continuing to weaken as we go along in the spring, which is is expected. Um, these warm conditions are expected to continue, uh, as we'll talk about in the outlooks. Um, not as much of a chance of wet conditions, uh, near or equal chances uh, below or above average is what we're looking at right now, and continuing limited La Nina impact. Um, if we look at the images on what is happening with snowpack, the last couple storm systems have helped to increase the snowpack in the upper basin and in the mountain areas to where most of the uh, most of the smaller basins now are considered near average, slightly below or slightly above. So we've seen a slight increase, um, but it's not improved uh, the situation uh, or has not changed the situation immensely. I don't believe uh, in the way of the amount of snow that's included there, and quite a bit again from less from last year. Looking ahead as to what our chances are as we're going along here, uh, if we move to the next set of slides is the uh, the 8 to 14 day outlooks. And our, our convention here is on temperatures as for the next several sets of slides, anything that is in oranges or reds, increasing red has a better chances of being above average temperatures. And uh, the looks for what is happening in the next 8 to 14 days and throughout the month of, of March, uh, most likely to have uh, above average uh, chances for above average temperatures. Um, seems to be a very much the case, uh, partially because of the lack of snowpack. Once we get rid of the snowpack, we'll be allowed to warm up even more quickly, uh, but also a ridge of high pressure that will allow warmer temperatures to cover the area. <coughs> Excuse me. From a, from a precipitation standpoint, um, chances are generally for most of the basin uh, in, in the 8 to 14 day time period and through for in the next uh, slides for the month of March overall, the upper part of the basin is, is looking in to be the equal chances area uh, where uh, we, we don't have indications for uh, stronger indications below or above average. The far upper part, the mountainous areas, uh, if we're looking at the, the fourth slide, which is for the month of March, uh, better chances of wetter than average as we go into March. Also, a little bit uh, chance, uh, a little bit better than average chance of wetter in the in the far eastern part of the basin. Not not as strong there. So we still have, you know, this is still a, a peak snowfall time. Uh, so we still can get some additional snowfall accumulations, uh, but most of the basin we're not seeing any strong indications uh, for below or above average, except for maybe somewhat in the in the mountain reaches. Um, we have not updated the long-range outlooks. Climate Prediction Center has not updated the long-range outlooks, which are in the next slide here for March, April, and May. So we're still going with the same basic ideas that the eastern part of the basin um, Slightly better chances for warmer as we go throughout uh, the three-month three -month period, March, April, May. Uh, equal chances for below or above average in the upper part of the basin. And then on the precipitation side, there is no strong indication one way or the other. So we go equal chances for below or above average precipitation. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, also included is the April, May, June time period. Uh, I won't spend any time on that because there are no strong indications for temperature and precipitation on, on that side. Uh, the last slide includes, because of the recent overall dry conditions, the U.S. Drought Monitor, the most recent map from last week, um, again shows that a fairly large area of D1, D2, which is in the far eastern part of the basin, indicating some longer-term dryness, especially from last fall. Uh, all the Dakotas and parts of Montana are in D0, which is basically indicative of, of recognizing the dry conditions we've had this winter overall um, without significant impact. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there will probably be some changes on that in the map, 
this week there are discussions going on about changes to occur uh, in that time period. Uh, also on this slide, though, gives a seasonal drought outlook, which goes through the rest of the spring. Um, that area that's in D1, D2 is considered to, right now to persist uh, because we need to have some fairly significant precipitation amounts this spring to overcome some of the deficits. Um, the, the, the D0 area in the Dakotas is listed as potential development. Um, basically, again, overall dry conditions and without some significant precipitation this spring, uh, we'll probably kick some of the D0 areas over to D1 as some impacts start showing up in the spring. Um, and that concludes uh, the climate briefing for this. Thank you, Dr. Toddy. We will now move to Kevin Lau with the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. Um, Kevin's going to talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri River Basin this spring. Kevin, star six to come off mute. Are you there, Kevin? Hi, Monique. I'm sorry about that. Um, Again, my name is Kevin Allen with the Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. We issue a real-time hydrologic stage and flow forecast for the basin. As Dr. Toddy um, has already uh, mentioned, we, um, there has been some change in the um, mountain snowpack. Uh, generally, a couple of weeks ago, we were saying that it was uh, normal to slightly below normal, and now um, we're considering that uh, most of the mountain snowpack is now at average. Um, over the past three weeks, we have uh, received some um, uh, precipitation, especially in the uh, Dakotas. Um, and so um, the plains has, has uh, seen some moisture. And, um, but generally, um, the plain snowpack is um, uh, well below normal for this time of year as well. Uh, we ran our uh, latest um, uh, long-term hydrologic projections last week and issued our second uh, spring flood outlook. We are um, still uh, calling for um, uh, little to no chance of significant flooding within the basin due to snowmelt alone. The uh, increased snowpack in the mountains and the recent storms in the plains has um, enhanced the chance, the probability for receiving minor flooding uh, this spring. Um, there's a couple of locations in the mountains that, um, in the Wind River Basin, also in the um, uh, Jefferson, that may uh, see minor flood stages. Uh, also in the plains, the uh, Big Sioux, Cannonball, and the um, uh, James River Basins uh, may also experience minor flooding. But again, all of these locations, this is normal, uh, this is not um, atypical. And in fact, for most of the basin, the chances for reaching um, any kind of flooding is still below normal. Um, and so, um, to conclude then, um, the um, uh, spring rains always, uh, or not always, but spring rains typically produce uh, minor flooding in the lower third. And so we are calling for uh, a chance for minor to moderate flooding along the tributaries in the states of Missouri, eastern Kansas, and southwestern Iowa. But again, this is typical uh, for, this, uh, for this time of year, and again, that's due to spring rains and not snowmelt. So with that, uh, I believe that concludes my briefing for the hydrologic outlook for the basin. Thank you, Kevin. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will now provide an update of current basin conditions and the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the call today. We appreciate your participation, your help in keeping the public informed as we seek runoff season. Okay, um, looking at the current reservoir status, Total volume of water stored in the main stem reservoir system uh, today is 56.5 million acre feet, which is 300,000 acre feet below the base of the annual flood control pool. The system storage fell as low as 56.1 million acre feet in late January, 700,000 acre feet below the base. 
However, we had higher than normal inflows during the month of February, which filled some of that additional storage up prior to March 1st. Um, this is runoff that would typically come into the reservoirs in March, uh, just simply came a little early this year. Uh, last year at this time, the system storage was 1.2 million acre feet higher than it is today. Late last week, we posted the March runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts on our web, and this morning we put out a press release regarding the studies. So now I'll ask two of the senior hydraulic engineers in my office to describe <coughs> the studies in more detail. We'll begin with Kevin Stom, who will discuss the updated 2012 runoff forecast. Thank you, Jody. The March 1 forecast for 2012 runoff above Sioux City, Iowa is 26.1 million acre-feet, which is 105% of normal. The forecast for runoff above Gavin's Point Dam is 22.7 million acre-feet, which is essentially normal. February Missouri River runoff was 1.6 million acre-feet, or 153% of normal, above Sioux City, and 1.5 million acre-feet, or 149% of normal, above Gavin's Point. February, average monthly temperatures were well above normal, limiting the development of plain snowpack and allowing major stretches of the Missouri River to run ice-free. Precipitation across the basin ranged from normal to over 200% of normal in many regions of the upper Missouri River Basin as a result of several winter events. <coughs> Excuse me. The most recent event produced one-half to two inches of precipitation across the eastern half of South Dakota, western Iowa, and northern and eastern Nebraska. Average snowfall totals ranged from 6 to 10 inches over northeastern South Dakota, while lesser amounts occurred in surrounding areas. Nonetheless, overall plain snowfall has been below average for the season. Aside from the estimated half to 1.5 inches of snow water equivalent on the ground in the Dakotas, the remainder of the upper basin has no snow to trace amounts of snow water equivalent, which is much less than in 2011. As of the end of February, mountain snowpack was 94% of normal above Fort Peck and 105% of normal from Fort Peck to Garrison. Mountain snowpack levels increased as a percent of normal from last month as a result of more normal snowfall rates. At this time last year, mountain snowpack was 110% of normal and 107% of normal in the Fort Peck and Garrison reaches respectively. Normally, by March 1st, about 79% of the peak accumulation has occurred. Moisture in the basin is normal in areas west of the Missouri River, while it is below normal and has been noticeably dry in some portions of eastern South Dakota, Nebraska, and western Iowa. Drought conditions are expected to develop throughout most of the Dakotas if the dry trend that began last fall continues. The March climate outlook reflects a large aerial coverage of above normal chances for warmer than normal temperatures, and there are equal chances for above, below, or normal amounts of precipitation in the plains and an increased probability for above-normal precipitation in the northern Rockies in Montana. Through May, the Climate Prediction Center is forecasting equal chances for normal, above-normal, or below-normal temperatures westward from the central Dakotas, and increased chances for above-normal temperatures in the eastern Dakotas and Nebraska. There are equal chances for above-normal, normal, or below-normal precipitation through May. In terms of the forecast, the combined March and April runoff is forecast to be slightly above normal. Runoff due to mountain snowpack into Fort Peck and Garrison, which would occur in May, June, and July, was increased slightly as a result of the increased mountain snowpack. However, the best prediction of the runoff during that time period won't be possible until we reach the peak snow accumulation. Additionally, below Garrison, runoff volumes are forecast to trend below normal as the year progresses because of below average seasonal snowfall in the plains, very warm seasonal temperatures, drying soils, and the expectation for warmer than normal temperatures into the summer. Explanation of the 2012 calendar year runoff forecast will be posted to our website. And that is all for my comments, and I'll return it to Jody. Okay, now Joel Konopczynski <coughs> will discuss the planned reservoir regulation uh, based on the runoff forecast. Thank you, Jody. As Jody had stated earlier, system storage is currently at 56.5 million acre-feet, or 300,000 acre-feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. We currently have 16.5, or I'm sorry, 16.6 million acre-feet of available flood storage. 
Our Gavin's Point releases averaged 22,000 CFS in February. We'll continue at 22,000 CFS through mid-March when our releases will be incrementally increased in support of navigation. Now going to our March 1st studies and utilizing the runoff conditions that were just discussed, we'll start with navigation service level. This is used to determine the support releases from Gavin Point, Gavin's Point Dam to help provide a 300-foot wide, 8 to 9-foot deep navigation channel downstream from Sioux City, Iowa to St. Louis, Missouri, depending on the system storage conditions. Under our basic runoff forecast, we will be providing full service levels navig for navigation. This will require Gavin's Point Dam releases in the upper 20 to lower 30,000 CFS range once, once the navigation season starts. If drought conditions start to develop in the basin and runoff falls below projections, navigation service levels may be lowered for the second half of the season, which would start on July 1st. Next, the navigation season length. Our full navigation season is eight months long. It goes from April through November. Based on our studies, there will be a full navigation season. Spring pulse, both the March and the May spring pulses have been canceled for 2012. This is due to a variety of reasons, including the 2011 flood and its impacts on the existing infrastructure and ecosystem that are still being assessed, along with the ongoing review of the Independent Science Advisory Panel's report on the Gavin's Point Spring Pulse. Uh, energy generation for the main stem dams, uh, our estimate for 2012 is 9.9 .9 billion kilowatt hours. Uh, this would compare to the long-term average of approximately 10 billion kilowatt hours. Uh, and with that, I'll turn it back to Jody. Okay, so in summary, uh, based on what we've heard and what we're seeing in the basin today, the runoff from the plains to the mountain snowpacks is expected to be normal. However, I caution that conditions can still change dramatically as they did last spring. The risk of snowmelt-driven flooding may be low this year, but there's still potential for <coughs> rainfall-induced flooding. In the case in point, Northwest Missouri has experienced flooding in four of the last five years, in 2007, 8, 2010, and 2011. And in only one of those years, only last year, was the flooding attributed to high runoff in the upper plains and high releases from the reservoir system. In the other three years, the flooding was a result of rainfall events below the system. Therefore, I encourage that we mustn't become complacent, and by we, I mean the collective we, all of us. Flood risk management is a group effort and a shared responsibility, and we all have a role in managing and communicating that risk to ensure the basin is ready for whatever Mother Nature has in store for us this year. And one last item, uh, water management is in the process of planning a series of seven public meetings which will be conducted throughout the basin during the week of April 16th through 20th. The purpose of the meetings is to update stakeholders on current hydrologic conditions and the planned operation of the reservoir system through 2012. Detailed information, including times and locations, will be announced as soon as the arrangements have been finalized. That concludes my report. Thank you, Jody. Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District System Restoration Team, will now provide a levy repairs status update. Thank you, Monique, and good afternoon, everyone. Currently, the Omaha District has 18 levy rehabilitation projects that are authorized and funded under Public Law 8499. The most critical and time-sensitive of those repairs have been completed. With those repairs being done, we've wrapped up the first phase of our levy rehabilitation in the Omaha District and are moving into a second phase. This phase of follow-on activities include additional geotechnical investigations and analysis, as well as design and construction of final repairs. Our goal is to complete this process and have all construction for levy repairs completed by the end of the calendar year. To date, 11 of the 18 levy systems have awards and ongoing construction. We anticipate awarding construction contracts on the additional system soon. An additional $145 million in funding was received by the Omaha District last month, which will allow us to begin work on the remaining levy systems. The additional funding will also allow us to complete the majority of the currently anticipated repairs to the entire levy system. Thus far, the Omaha District has had 29 contract actions for levy repairs at a total award amount of $72 million. Going state by state, in Iowa, levy 624-627 at Council Bluff, all critical repairs of the 28th Street and Veterans of Memorial Bridge pump stations are substantially complete, with final equipment installation and finishing work ongoing. 
This contract was modified to include repairs to seven additional locations. Six of those projects are substantially complete with only final site restoration, seating, and final equipment installation remaining. Levy L611614, south of Council Bluffs. Two construction contracts are underway. Those repairs include Riverside Scour Repair in construction of seepage berms and installation of relief wells. The earthwork for all six seepage berms was just completed this week. The relief well installation repairs are scheduled for completion in early June. Levy L575 near Hamburg. All three breaches, the upper near Percival, Iowa, the middle near Hamburg, and the lower near the Nishinabotna River are complete along with all critical repairs. Additional finishing work and follow-on repairs are ongoing along with the geotechnical investigations to uncover additional needed repairs. In Missouri, Levy L550 near Rockport, Missouri, the contractor is substantially complete at both breach locations. Finishing work, including seating, erosion control blankets, and levee surfacing is ongoing at both locations. Additional finishing work and follow-on repairs are ongoing along with geotechnical investigations to uncover any additional needed repairs. Levy L536, south of Rockport, Missouri. Uh, construction of a setback levy at this critical repair site is substantially complete. Additional armoring of the levy via riprap began on February 28th is ongoing. Further levy system repairs are awaiting real estate easements from the levy sponsors, and we actually received the easement uh, just a couple hours ago. In Nebraska, levy R624627, which is the Omaha Flood Protection Project in Omaha, critical repairs have been completed at all sites. Ongoing work includes installation of new flap gates on discharge pipes at Kinder Morgan Riverview pump stations and Jones Street flap gate removal and pressure grouting at the flood wall. Levy R613, south of Bellevue, Nebraska. Um, on February 14th, the Omaha District awarded a purchase order for seating on the Missouri River Levy R613. Work includes seating the Papillion Right Creek Bank, the Missouri River Right Creek Bank, and the Platte River Left Bank. This project is scheduled for completion by March 15th. Follow-on repairs will include work on two drainage structures that will be ready for advertising next week. Levy R616, also south of Bellevue. Uh, seating and flap gate cleanout is scheduled for completion in the next two weeks. Levy R573, south of Nebraska City. On February 14th, the Omaha District awarded a task order for repairs to scour holes, construction of seepage berms, slope repairs, and seating. The seepage berms are scheduled to be completed by mid-March and all repairs completed by the 1st of June. In parallel with our effort of performing levee repairs, we've also begun engineering assessments, studies, and designs at all six mainstem dams. Including this effort are projects associated with the mainstem dams, such as the Williston Levee in Williston, North Dakota, and cultural resources along the Missouri River. Currently, there have been four contract awards totaling $4.1 million for repairs and studies of the dams and associated infrastructure. The current estimate for all mainstem dams and related flood control structure repairs is $234 million. The goal is to have the majority of the dam repairs under contract by the end of the fiscal year. Additional information and updates are available on the Omaha District webpage under the Flood 2011 Repairs link. This information will be updated regularly. Thank you, and back to you, Monique. Thank you, Brett. Robin Wonkum of the Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center will now provide an update on the status of levy repairs. Good afternoon, Monique. Um, 57 requests for assistance were received by the Kansas City District. 54 rehab projects have been identified to complete. The rough order magnitude of damages is approximately $42 million. To date, six contracts for approximately $5.75 million have been awarded. Pre-solicitation announcements have been posted for several projects. In Kansas, for Clyde, the project in Clyde, Kansas, this project solicitation was posted on FedBizOps. Bids are due 13 March. For the MRLS 471 460-8, a construction contract was awarded on 9 February to Cajun Contractors of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who is subcontracting with TL Enterprises. The contractor is currently surveying the area under the Highway 36 bridge in preparation for berm placement. Work has begun at the northernmost under seepage berm. Removal of the emergency rock placed on NRCS property has also begun. Construction completion is scheduled for 21 June 2012. Within Missouri, the Union Township site, this project was awarded 16 February to IDecker Incorporated of St. Joseph, Missouri, subcontracting to Hill Brothers Construction. 
Notice to proceed was issued on 22 February 2012. Pre-construction submittals were approved on 3 March. Equipment is mobilizing today. Work will focus on closure of several breach locations as soon as possible. Construction completion estimated at 21 June with seating completed in October of 2012. Holt County number nine, this project solicitation was posted on FedBizOps. The site visit is being held tomorrow, March 7th. Bids are due 27 March. MRLS 455-L, this contract was awarded along with the MRLS 471-460 contract. Scour holes on L455 are filled to grade. The contractor has stripped the topsoil off of the area and will be constructing the under seepage berm, and the fill placement has begun. Rushville Sugar Lake. This contract was awarded on 30 January to ESI of Kansas City, Missouri. Notice to proceed was issued on 1 February 2012. The three upstream breaches are substantially complete. The breach location at Platte County number one and the other smaller breaches are progressing. We are currently on schedule to achieve level of protection before 15 March at this levy district. Construction completion is scheduled for 31 May 2012. Bean Lake, a construction contract was awarded on 10 February to TJC Engineering of Louisville, Kentucky, who is subcontracting to Pro Specialties. Notice to proceed was issued on 14 February. The contractor is working the upstream most breach. The scour hole has been filled with sand. The core of the levee in this setback is now being placed. Construction completion is scheduled for 28 June. MRLS 408-L and MRLS 400-L. This project solicitation was posted on FedBizOps. Proposals are due 16 March. Wakandaw. A construction contract was awarded to Idecker Incorporated of St. Joseph, Missouri on Monday, 23 January. Notice to proceed was issued on 25 January. The breach near the railroad and the spillway are completed to required level of protection and shape. Final grading and seating remain in this location. The second and last breach is 60 percent of the level of protection. Project completion prior to 15 March is estimated. The overall project is about 35% complete. Construction completion is scheduled for 1 May of 2012. For continuous updates, please refer to our website at www.nwk.usace.army.mil. Click on the Levy Rehabilitation tab in the center of the site. These updates are provided weekly for each individual site that is in our request for assistance list. That is the end of our report. Thank you, Robin. These calls are recorded in their entirety and can be retrieved from the CORE's website by no later than close of business today. Um, as we move into fielding questions by state, we will take questions for the CORE, Dr. Toddy, and Doug Cluck. Just a reminder to press star six to come off mute. Also, another reminder that our press kit can be accessed either from the media advisory that you received or our website, and it does include name spellings and biographies for each speaker from today. We will start with the state of Montana. Are there any Montana congressional delegation members on the line with questions? Montana tribes. State officials. Local government. Press. State of Wyoming, congressional delegation members. Tribes. State officials. Local government. Press. State of North Dakota, congressional delegation members. Tribes, state officials, local government, press, state of South Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, press. 
Moving to Nebraska, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, press. Hi, Art Hovey from the Journal Star in Lincoln. Hi, Art. Um, a question I have uh, that arose last year, I think, was that there was uh, trouble with Mississippi River flooding early in the season. And frankly, I don't recall uh, particularly to what extent uh, the Corps had to react to that with its releases from the Missouri River. Can you refresh my memory about that a little bit? Sure, Art. This is Jody Farhat. Um, there was flooding along the Mississippi River last year. Uh, prior to the flooding that occurred on the Missouri, as part of our normal coordination, we talked to our uh, sister divisions on the Ohio. Just one moment, Art. I'm going to do force mute function, and so you'll have to press star six again, okay? Just a moment. Okay. Okay, so we do coordinate with the folks on the Ohio River Division. Um, the division folks for the Ohio River and also the lower Mississippi River, but we did not make any release changes in response to that flooding on the Mississippi last year. Okay. And no indications of any trouble with the Mississippi at this point in time either? Um, I guess we could let uh, the River Forecast Center, Kevin Lau, if he would have an update on that, but I do believe that the risk is lower this year. Kevin, are you still there? Kevin, if you're there, star six to come off mute. This is Kevin Lau. Um, I believe there is a chance, uh, again, it's a, a normal chance for flooding along the lower Ohio. I, I was on a conference call with them not long ago, and I believe, uh, to, to, to the best of my memory, mm -hmm. that they are not expecting an above-normal year on the lower Ohio, but they do expect flooding due to spring rains. So uh, bottom line is that it should not be an atypical year on the lower Ohio. This is Dennis Toddy. Just to add to be a piece of that, part of the problem that happened on the Mississippi last year was the major snow cover was not only in the plains, it moved into the Midwest, which contributed to the Mississippi, and then in southern Illinois, uh, Kentucky area, in late spring, they had 15 to 20 inches of precipitation in the late spring, which added on top of those other issues already, which really contributed to the huge runoff they had in the Mississippi. Okay. And one other question. Uh, I think it was on the last call, or perhaps uh, two calls ago, there was a question raised about how long it would take to feel assured of the structural integrity of the levees, you know, seep damage and things like that uh, can't be known, as I understand it, in the very early going. You have to pretty much move through this flood control season to know what, if any, problems you might have structurally that aren't readily apparent. Uh, this is Brett Budd with UMI District um, System, Systems Restoration Team. You know, the geotechnical events are ongoing. You know, we have discovered additional damages to the levees that we did not know a couple months ago. Uh, but none of those have kind of raised up to the level of criticality that we had with the breaches. Uh, so as we're identifying additional areas that need to be repaired, we're taking action to get those areas repaired. At this point, you know, we're in very good condition on the levees. We're ready to, to have water hit if we have a flooding event. Um, there's some areas where we may have to do uh, flood fighting activities, but overall we're in, in decent shape, and we're going to continue on until the early summer uh, doing our geotechnical investigations to try to identify any additional areas that do need repair, specifically any under seepage areas that are not readily identifiable from the ground. Uh, Jody, if I may ask you one further question. Uh, maybe this has uh, come out and I failed to grasp it, but... Uh, there's no reason for you from this point forward to try to accelerate releases to boost up your flood storage. Is that correct? That's not in contemplated plan. Right. Uh, our plan moving forward here is to uh, begin to uh, meet those navigation targets at the opening dates and to operate, you know, in a normal condition throughout the rest of this year. And opening on, on navigation again is. I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? 
open date on navigation again is? Um, it, it depends on location. The opening dates range from March 23rd at Sioux City to the 1st of April at the mouth at St. Louis. All right, as you indicated, Jody, certainly a remarkable change from what we were looking at uh, last year. But as I guess you've said, also the trouble that developed last year really was after this point. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh -huh. Okay. All right, thanks so very much. We're going to continue to monitor and you know respond if the situation does seem to change. Uh -huh. All right, thank you very much. Thank you, Art. Do we have any other members of the press with the state of Nebraska on the call with questions? Okay, moving to um, the state of Iowa. Congressional delegation members? State officials? Local government? Press? State of Missouri? Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, press. Uh, this is Marshall Monique. Hi, Marshall. Um, I do have some questions. Okay. Um, Jody. Yes, Marshall. There will be no more attempt to. Um, draw down additional water for flood protection this year? Well, we'll, you know, operate the reservoirs in the normal fashion for the remainder of this year, um, you know, unless the situation changes. Uh, if you look at our studies, you'll see that uh, with the runoff that we're anticipating, that, you know, our system storage will peak in the um, mid to late summer period, and then uh, by the end of the year, uh, we would get down uh, again below the base of the annual flood control zone with the runoff that we're currently forecasting. Okay. Let's stick with the spring runoff. Um, okay. You're about to increase to the mid-20s to low-30s from Gavin's Point. Uh, that's the current plan. We're on 22,000 today, and looking at our forecast, it looks like we need to go up to about 25 or 26 to meet the navigation target. Okay. But you could go up could go up as high as, as uh oh thirty two, thirty three thousand. Uh if if things really dry out in the lower basin we could get that high, yeah. Okay. The problem is that the current forecasts are calling for the possibility of moderate flooding this spring in the lower basin. Yes. How will Gavin's point respond if uh, that begins to happen. Well, what we do is when we run our forecast, we use that tributary inflow in order to meet our targets. So if we do have, uh, you know, pretty consistent rains in the lower basin and those tributaries uh, run higher than they are currently, uh, we will lower our releases just to meet the navigation targets. And then certainly if we have um, very heavy rain in the lower basin and uh, and flooding becomes an issue, then we can reduce the reservoir releases from Gavin's Point and then the upstream dams as well in order to respond to the flooding. And that's the typical way we operate the reservoir system for flood control in this basin. Okay. Hypothetically, how low can we go from Gavin's Point um, if we have that problem? Uh, we've gone down to very, very low releases in the past. Uh, in 1993, when we had a lot of flooding on the lower river, uh, we got down to as low as 6,000 cubic feet per second out of Gavin's Point. Okay, that's what I needed to have. Um, and, and you're prepared, if that were the, the case, to do that? Yeah, we have to look at the situation. Um, exactly. I know. I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you know that the Missouri Department of Transportation put out a press release today announcing that the navigation season on the Missouri River started uh, February 28th? Yeah, we know that there are boats using the river <laughs> already. Um, the dates that we talk about, are, we should really call it instead of the opening dates, the dates that our flow support uh, starts. So those are the dates that we will adjust the flows in order to ensure that we're meeting the flow targets. Thank you. Uh, Monique? Yes. I'm sorry to be, I'm just, I'm full of questions today. 
the gal from Kansas City was not in the uh, packet. And I, I need you to call me on that. I'll, I'll, I need, I need the sure spelling on her name. Sure, it's W-A-N-K-U-M. That's okay. Wonkum, and her first name is Robin, common spelling, and, and we will get it in there. Okay, that's fine. Um, Robin? Robin, if you're on the line, star six to come off mute. <clears throat> she may be off the line, Marshall. We can get with her offline if you need to talk with her. Okay. Um, I'll just call down Kansas City after the call. I have some questions for him. So. Okay. We can do that that way. Thank okay. you. I'll get off. <laughs> no problem. Do we have any other members of the press with the state of Missouri on the call with questions? Okay, moving to state of Kansas, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, press. You're on. I'm on. Monique, we're here. Hi, is that Robin? Yes, sorry. We, we're having oh. phone difficulties today. We apologize. No problem. Marshall, are you still on the line? You can star six to come off mute. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go right Sorry, ahead. Marshall. You want me to hold? No, go ahead, Marshall. Um, can you talk a little bit, Robin? about uh, bank stabilization and how much the uh, Kansas City Corps is prepared to spend on the lower Missouri for uh, rock to, to stabilize the banks. I'm sorry, Marshall. I, I really don't have any of that information right here in front of me. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll hold my question and talk to somebody else this afternoon. Hey, Marshall, this is Judd with them. Hey, we'll just get somebody back to you from... Uh, from uh, our operations. Uh, That's fine. Okay. Thank you, Judge. You're Thanks, welcome. Robin. Um, okay, so we're going to move to um, any national press. If we have any national press on the line with questions. Let them speak to me. And any final questions before we conclude this afternoon's call? Hi, this is Tony Mangan from KCCR Radio and Pier, and I'm, I apologize for out being out of line, but I didn't, uh, I couldn't get on for some reason. Uh, just Jody, if I could ask you real quick, or somebody from from Omaha, how are things going with the repair at the Oahe Dam and the reservoir? What's going on there? Hey Tony, we're going to have. Um Greg Melema from the Omaha District answered that question for you, okay. and he, he is not in the press kit, so if you need spelling, we'll do it after he answers your okay, question. Okay, thank you. Yeah, hi, Tony. Greg Melema here. Uh, one of the projects we've completed, uh, of course, is the uh, stilling basin and outlet works, erosion repairs. That, that has been completed and is functioning well. Uh, we are also uh, now, as uh, Brett Budd mentioned earlier, doing further assessments. And uh, we're also looking also at the causeway at, at Pier to Laframboise Island, and and uh, that design package is getting wrapped up and should be awarded shortly. So those are the major things at this point. Again, we'll be doing contracts, repair contracts at the spillway gates um, and other erosion areas as well. So were there any specific things? or? Yeah. Uh, Greg, From how much do you have a price tag at all? I believe the, it, it's constantly changing a little bit uh, as we refine our designs, but I believe we were at around uh, $16 million or so, something like that total. How would you, how would you rate the damage or, or the repair work? Would you consider it, I understand it's, it's flood-related, but would you consider it moderate damage or significant damage? I mean, how, in what spectrum would you put it in? Well, the dam is, uh, you know, we're, we're good to go. We're very uh, functional and uh, can pass flows as needed. Um, a lot of the repairs are those kind of things after you've run a car very hard, you want to uh, get things back up to snuff. So these are repairs of things that uh, just need to get us back uh, into good shape. So, you know, whether they're significant or moderate, it's kind of hard to put a label like that on the repairs, but they're significant enough that we're doing work on them. 
And, and Greg, if I can get your last name, please. Sure, it's Melema, M-E-L-L-E-M-A. Thank you. And Jody, one one question for you, if I could. Mm. From your standpoint of all the of the you know the fact that snowpack is not as high yet or just average, and the rain. If we would, for some reason, get a lot of rain and a lot of snow, would that would the reservoir you think would the reservoir respond differently than it did last year at the same time? Well, I think it's it's getting to the point that it's late in the season to get the huge volume of runoff from the plain snowpack that we saw last year. Um, so I think we're in better shape than we were, even if we do start to see uh, heavy rains. Um, but I guess the thing that we learned last year is um, really, you know, we can't assume that, that things will stay the way they are and that we couldn't experience something beyond what we can imagine. So, you know, I guess we just need to stay vigilant, vigilant <laughs> sorry, and um, you know, continue to monitor the situation. Would it be? Would it have to be worse, even more so than last year, given the conditions now, to give us the same conditions as there was last year? Well, I think it would be because, like I said, we don't have the plain snowpack. Our soil conditions are drier. We have drought moving into the eastern portion of the basin, so uh, it would take some you know, pretty significant uh, change to overcome uh, those, uh, conditions right now. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Okay, do we have any final questions before we conclude today's call? One last call for questions. This is Jennifer Jones with South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Um, I just was wondering, you know, looking at all the information um, that you presented today um, and all the forecasts, um, for homeowners specifically um, who, you know, faced um, the major flooding last year, looking at all the information, I guess, what is your message to them? What um, kind of attitude should they be taking? Um, should they be kind of cautiously optimistic this year or, you know, as they prepare um, to head into the, the spring and summer? Uh, this is Jody Farhat. I guess what I would say is, you know, we are at this point in time in a little bit better situation than we were last year, but the situation can change rapidly. So we encourage people to stay tuned and stay vigilant, and particularly for for homeowners, do their part and purchase flood insurance and, and make sure that they do stay aware of the changing conditions. And, you know, it's a community effort. It requires the Corps and other federal agencies and the states and the counties and the local officials and the tribes to all work together to make sure that we know what the situation is and that we're prepared the best way that we can be. Are you there, Jennifer? We might have lost her. Jennifer, are you there? Okay, um, we'll catch up with her offline. Um, do we have any other final questions before we conclude today's call? Okay. Our next call is scheduled for Friday, March 23rd, and that's at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, Friday, March 23rd. I will send out an updated media advisory as a reminder in advance of that call. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for participating on today's call, and we are now adjourned.